Welcome to the Well SGV podcast. We exist to multiply followers of Jesus rooted in the gospel who worship, walk, and witness to God's glory. Here's our message for the week. All right, good morning, everybody. Uh, we're continuing our, our series, uh, Meal with the King, uh, if, if you didn't know. Uh, my name is Pastor Rick, and I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, before we begin and dive into it, I really want to thank everybody for being here. It's just seeing everybody's faces and coming out on a Sunday. Uh, there's other things we could probably be doing on a Sunday, cleaning the house or uh, watching football or doing whatever, but you guys came here. And so I really appreciate uh, just everybody here. I'm looking forward to talking to you and fellowship with you, sharing with you, um, breaking bread with you afterwards. And if you, if you can make it, uh, please stay afterwards and come to uh, have lunch with us and uh, fellowship and dine if you haven't already. So plan on doing so. Before we dive in, let me, let me give us a word of prayer and then we can begin. Bow your heads with me. Jesus, we hear your call to seek your presence and to serve the world, and particularly our community, in your namesake. One meal at a time, one encounter at a time, person to person, face to face, that we would reach the gospel to all those who call for it or need of it, which is everybody. So please teach us to seek you wholeheartedly and to serve you without any distractions or self-righteousness. Fill us with your love so that we may bring the broken, the hurting, the lonely, the whole world to your feet. And so, Father God, give us the courage and the boldness to be that for you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, so if you haven't done so already, I don't know about you. I'm a little old school, and I don't know if that's really old school, but to bring your Bible. I, I want to encourage you, if, I know you have a phone, everybody has a phone, and it's really, really easy to open your phone and do it. And some people are more tech-savvy, we have some tech-savvy people out there, but try just encouragement. Get out one of those old, fangled paper Bibles. Open it up, and if you're bold enough, we're, we're using the ESV, Pastor reminds us, we're using the ESV, open it up and read it. And we're going to learn about that more so in this passage. But open it up, take a look at it, and read it. You're hearing the message today on this particular passage. I encourage you guys, go home, read the passage yourself, and see what God tells you in addition to, or maybe reinforces the word that you're listening to today. So open that Bible, buy one. And I have to prove this by my wife, but if you need a Bible, I'll get you one. (laughs) Not an expensive one. But I'll get you one so that you can open and you can read God's word. And you can write in it. I like, if you look at my Bible, it's all underlined and highlighted and, and little not, uh, notes and things that, I, that would be good to be reminded of. So I want to encourage you to do that. So we, we begin the passage in verse 38. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered the village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. So in this passage, Jesus travels, and he's invited by, by Mary, Martha, and Lazarus to their house for dinner. And they, Jesus travels about two miles east of Jerusalem to the nearby village of Bethany, where they are, uh, where his dear friends Mary, Martha, and Lazarus lived. John's gospel actually explains that Jesus had a special attachment, a special love for this particular family. In fact, some commentaries that I read that Mary and Martha they are like two of the most important women in Jesus' life outside of his mother Mary. 
And that's kind of that's kind of curious. Oh, what's this attachment? And we'll find out why in a minute. In verse eight, we see that they, meaning Jesus, wasn't alone. Uh, Jesus, uh, as they as they went to Bethany, as they traveled, he wasn't alone. So it could be his disciples. It could be, I don't know. Uh, one or two of his disciples. It could have been all 12 disciples and others who were at dining with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, even though Lazarus is not actually mentioned. Uh, scripture indicates that this was Martha's house. So they went to Martha's house. She is a woman of responsibility. Again, she is a homeowner, and though it doesn't say scriptural in the Scripture specifically, we assume she's the eldest and has responsibilities of taking care of the house, the cooking perhaps, as, as well as taking care of her younger siblings. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and, listens, and listened to his teaching. I want us to look at a slide here that, that I thought was interesting. In some translation, it doesn't have this one word, and the word is chi. And I'm going to try my Greek really quickly. Uh, I'm not trying to impress you or anything because it's really bad. But I'm going to try to read this to you in Greek. It says, chi tede en adelphi. Kulamene, uh, Miriam, Hekai, Parakathesia, Kithisa, Pros Tospodas, To Keriu, Enken, Ton Logan Atu. And basically it says, and she had a sister called Mary, who also having sat down at the feet of Jesus, Lord, was listening to the word of him. And the first part is Kai, and it says and, but it also says here, Mary, who also having sat down at the feet of the Lord, assuming that there's, who is this also? And that's Martha. So it's an interesting fact that, that we, always, <laughs> we always give Martha a very bad rap. We always, it's actually, if you were to say the, the lineage or the chronological order of each child, you usually say the, the oldest sister, younger brother, younger, younger sister in that order. But we always refer to them as Mary and Martha. Mary and Martha, Mary and Martha when Martha is probably the younger, younger daughter. And it's because of this we have this idea that Mary did good and Martha did bad. And so many times in our minds is that this is when we look at the two, uh, at, the, at, the, at the siblings, the two women, and we say Martha did bad and Mary did good. But let's try to look at a different perspective, that Mary, uh, Martha did good, but Mary chose better in this particular instance. So try to reframe our thoughts in thinking about this way. So let's go back to the passage. Mary assumes, um, in verse 39, she's a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. Mary assumes her, her, regular, her regular position at the feet of Jesus. Can we have that slide? It's a really bad picture, but can we have the slide of them sitting down? So there's a Da Vinci who, who wrote the Da Vinci many, many, many centuries later, uh, drew this picture of the Last Supper where, where Jesus and his disciples were reclining at a table. But they were actually sitting in chairs at the moment. They're actually lying down in this reality version. Is This is kind of how they were sitting. They were kind of like on the tables low to the ground, similar to Japanese, I guess, without his proper. And they were kind of reclined at, with their legs kind of sticking out. And so when Mary would come, she would sit at his feet, right? She would sit at his feet. Um, one time she was crying at his feet. The other one, she was weeping at his feet, thankful at his feet, anointing his feet with her hair and with eyes as we, as we talked about in the last couple of weeks. But here, she sits at his feet, attending listening to his teacher. She was listening to Jesus' teachings. So when Jesus sits at the table, he's talking to his disciples and people, other people who are invited to this dinner. And she's sitting there, 
watching, listening, taking in every moment of his teachings. Because do you know what she was? And though she wasn't part of the 12 disciples, she was a disciple of Jesus. We, we, we know several times, we know several times that Jesus, you know, like the Samaritan woman, this is kind of unheard of, having a woman sit at your feet. Just like the Samaritan woman at the well, this is unheard of, meeting a woman at the well in the broad daylight. It's kind of on the sc- scandalous side. Is, this is not part of the culture. But we see that Jesus breaks this cultural thing and makes it a normality where Jesus doesn't tell her, go away from me, Mary. What are you doing here? You know you're not supposed to be there. But instead, sits there and commends her for being there at his feet. It's a beautiful picture of Jesus talking and sharing, not necessarily singling her out, but talking and sharing, teaching God's word, God's, God's truth to his disciples. And Mary is there right with the rest of them. This breaks all kinds of uh, social norms. And she was listening. And I want to take a time to, to point this out, that Jesus commends Mary for choosing this, for, for sitting there at her feet for listening, watching, and learning. She, she is looked down upon her sister. Her sister Martha is like cooking and cleaning. Oh, sorry, I forgot to, to express that, that also. Why is this also important where, where, where Martha was also sitting at the feet of Jesus, but then she was distracted as we look in scripture. She was distracted by like, oh, things need to be I need to prepare the meal, and, and I'm doing this. I'm setting the tables. I'm washing the dishes or doing whatever she's doing. And she's so distracted. The, the also point of the, the Greek that I showed you is that both of them at one point were both working and both preparing for the banquet, for ba- preparing for Jesus. But one thing that Mary did was very unusual. Well, not unusual, but very a great example for us to model. When Jesus entered into the room, when Jesus and who he is, the Son of God, the God who we love and honor and, and give all the glory to, sits down and begins to teach, Mary drops everything and sits where she belongs at the feet. And one thing I want to encourage us, that that's something that we, we regularly lack doing. I was, I was listening to a message by R.C. Sprawl, and he was saying how... Um, People who are Christians go to church every Sunday and try to read their Bible every day and things like that, but a majority of us don't. A majority of us don't read the Bible every day. A majority of us don't go to church every Sunday. I'm not saying that this is you, and if you, if you feel it with it, that's fine, but most people skip for one reason or another. Yes, there, we understand that there are, are sicknesses. Please, if you're sick, stay home. If you're sick, stay home. You have a runny nose or a cold, and I know I have a little... <clears throat> Nathan mentioned it to me this morning, but I just found out this morning, so otherwise I would have not come and made Pastor David preach last minute. But luckily, I feel okay, and I'd, hopefully it's just a raspy voice. But yes, yeah, so if you're sick, please don't come, but sometimes, sometimes you wake up in the morning, I know many of you feel this way. Oh, my bed is so nice. Oh, I feel so warm in my covers. It's raining outside. I don't want to go to church today. Many of you feel that way, right? I know you do. Some of you are smiling at me like, yeah, that's me. But I commend you that this is, this is a lesson for us when we listen to Mary, is that she prioritized, she stayed focused. 
on the thing that was most important. The most important to her was Jesus. But Martha was distracted. When I thought of this passage and I learned the word distracted, I thought of a small child. You know what we teach small children when they pray? What do we teach them? How do they pray? What do we tell them to do? We tell them to, you know, put their hands together, close their eyes, and bow your heads, right? And this is, the reason for this is that it's to keep your hands from being distracted. This has no spiritual meaning whatsoever to close your hands like this and to pray like this. But this is an example, or you can say it's a symbol for us to not be distracted, not to have our hands all over. My son is just like that. I'm trying to have a strong talk with him. And he's playing, he's grabbing, he can't listen to me and pay attention at the same time. He has to do something. And I said, sit on your hands. Sit on your hands, please, so that, so that you can listen to what I'm trying to say without being distracted. In the same way, um, this calls us to have this undivided focus like Mary had undivided focus on Jesus. And then she was distracted. Mary was distracted by much serving. Is serving bad at this point? Are we thinking is serving something that should be looked down upon? No, not at all. If you're in gospel community, I hope if you haven't done so already, to sign up for one. Uh, talk to somebody in the back uh, and, and ask, hey, is there a way I can get plugged into the church? Is there a way I can get plugged in and have a community group? Because community group is that important. But as many of you know, many of you community group leaders or have been in community group, it's a lot of work. It takes a lot of effort to be in community. There's many things that are involved that are unknown and unsaid when you have a gospel community group. One, you have to open your house. You have to show these are the bedrooms, this is the house, the cleanliness, the uncleanliness, uh, things are all over the place, yeah. But this is how we, this is how we show and open up ourselves to each other. So I want to encourage you guys. That's what community group is all about, living life together. And so Martha was distracted by his much serving, and she went up to him. And what was distracting her? We think it's all the, the, the different things, and these are just symptoms. Um, like she's cooking or cleaning, she's looking, at, at, she's looking at, at Mary just sitting there. What is she just sitting there? Why is she not helping me? And she got upset. She got distracted. She... You know what she's thinking about? And, it, and the clue is here in verse 40. She said, Lord. And, and that's pretty bold of, of Martha to go up to, the, up to Jesus and saying, Lord, do you not care? How dare she say, like, of course Jesus cares. But, but I don't know what, what, what possessed her to say such a thing to the Lord. Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me? to serve alone, tell her to help me, right? And, and, there, and there's where you have it. She was distracted on me. She was distracted on the idea of, why am I doing all the work? Why am I, like, so she was looking at different things. She was focusing on, how do I feed all these people? How do I do this? And no one's helping me. I'm just doing this all by myself. And she got distracted. And yes, we do get distracted. But then, as we learn in this next passage here, the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. But she's distracted. And then there's this thing where when God calls your name twice, you know, Martha, Martha. In the, in the, in the Bible, it says many times, uh, Bible in the Old Testament, also the New Testament, it says, 
Uh, Abraham, Abraham, when, when he was about to kill Isaac, when put the dagger to him and sacrificed him. Abraham, Abraham. And then later on, Jacob, uh, Jacob, Jacob, Moses, Moses. All these people that he, God had intimacy in, with, with, he says their name twice. And this happens maybe a dozen times where he calls out the name twice. Do you know why? Two things. One, he wants to catch your attention, get their attention, and telling them, this is important. Martha, Martha, listen carefully, this is important. And the other thing that respect says is that Martha, Martha, I love you. Martha, Martha. And he doesn't do it saying, Martha, Mary is doing right, you're doing wrong, sit down and be at my feet. Doesn't say that. He does it in this most gentle, most humble way. I would have got mad, like, excuse me? You're telling me to do what? Hello, I'm Jesus. No, obviously, that's me, sinful me. But Jesus wouldn't have done that. What Jesus actually does, he feel it in his voice. Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things, like many of us are. One thing is necessary. But it doesn't say, actually, it doesn't say what that one thing is. You have to put, kind of have to piece the things of the event together. But one thing is necessary. Necessary, you must have. And what is that one thing? Well, we, we find out that this one thing is actually Jesus himself. The one thing is Jesus himself that Mary chooses and Martha for, neglects. She's distracted. And as we, as we talked about in the first part, Mary and Martha are both followers of Jesus. They love, the, love him as a brother. They love him as Lord. They love him. But she was distracted, momentarily, of course. She was distracted by, by the things of the world, the things that she had to do. Like many of us are distracted. But Mary has chosen, chosen good. She was troubled by many things and was anxious. Martha, Martha. What was that one thing again? It was Jesus and Jesus' teaching. There is nothing. I want to repeat this. And if you didn't get anything from the rest of today's message, there's one thing. There's nothing more important than being at the feet of Jesus. Think about all the things you have to do today, the things that you have to do tomorrow or this week or in your life's goals. There is nothing more important than being at the feet of Jesus. And he, and he allows, unculturally allows Mary to do so. He will never turn you away if you walk, go to the foot of Jesus and say, God, teach me. And this is a practice that we should have, a discipline that we should have as a disciple of Christ, that this is something we should have. I thought about this too. Obviously, we're not invited to physically Jesus or to Mary, Martha, and Lazarus' house. We're, we can't sit at the feet of Jesus, like physically. He, was, he died and rose again, and he's there for us as a counselor in heaven. But we have his word. We have his word to teach us, to tell us of who he is and his purpose for us, why he made me. He tells us about his, his character and how, how we should be more like Christ. He tells us all these wonderful things for us to get to know him better. As long as we take the time, carve out the time if you have to, 
to sit at the feet of Jesus and listen, learn. Listen and learn. Now, how, Rick, how, how do we do this? My wife is really good about this. Whenever there's time, whenever there's time in our busy schedules with, with James's school activities or uh, different things we have to do for work or for school or for different things that fill up our schedule, if there's time, like for example, the other day, I was at James's baseball practice and game. So when you go to the field for J- or practice and game, that's an hour of practice and about two hours of game. So that's about three hours, three and a half hours that I'm sitting there watching a game. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's fun to watch, but so really, this is... <laughs> but I'm there. And so Amanda always says to me, and I love her for this, hey, bring some work. Bring your Bible. Bring a book that you have to read. Always. Because, yeah, I'm, I'm there, but I have time. And if I have to make time in my busy schedule, I will make the time. Sometimes I, some of you have long commutes to work, an hour, 45 minutes, 30 minutes. Well, turn on the radio. Listen to the message. Listen even God's word spoken through audio tapes if you have to. I know several people here in this room particularly has to commute through a bus or some transit system and they just listen on their phones. God's word spoken to them, taking the opportunity to sit and to listen and to learn, to be with Jesus in that way. Holy Spirit is here. Holy Spirit's given to us. There is nothing more important that I can think of, and tell me if I'm wrong, that is more important than in your entire schedule, that's more important than Jesus. But Jesus says, you know, pray for me continuously and things like that, but he understands and he knows we have lives and we have different things that we need to accomplish in our many, in many busy scheduled days. But he begs and God begs and pleads with us, spend time with me, the most important person in your life, not your wife, not your husband, not your children, me. I want to encourage you uh, to do so. In our gospel community groups, we have our time where we're doing this book called Rooted, and it's going basically through the, uh, the basics of, of uh, Christianity and, then, and who Jesus is and who God is and things like that, who we are. But there's also a section uh, that, we, that we're going to take a little retreat and have some quiet times and learn how to be quiet before the Lord to do these things called our quiet times, our devotions that we set aside, that we carve out for him specifically, to bring to him our, our cares, our worries, our needs, things that are in our hearts. Lastly, oh, is that the last slide? <laughs> so that's what pointed out. You guys know this scene? Do you know where this is from? What? Who can, who can mention, who, who knows where this is from? Which one? The Last Crusade. Thank you. Temple of Doom is the second one. The Last Crusade. This is, uh, this is when him and his father, who is Sean Connery, comes into him, and then he has to choose the goblets, and he says, you have, you have chosen wisely. It's just wood and old cup that he drinks for whatever eternal life. It's made up. It's not really true or anything to the Bible. But I, I, always, I always think this, you have chosen wisely, and Mary chose wisely. Again, like I wanted to mention before, that it's great to be in service to the Lord. It is great that as a church that we do many things for each other, 
This is how we love each other. This is how we support each other. This is how we serve each other, through acts and works of these things. To show our love and our gratitude, obviously, this is how we love, this is how we worship as well. This is how we worship the Lord, by our acts of service to one another, for his kingdom, for his church. This is what we do, and, and absolutely, that's what we should be doing, like Martha. Let's not look at down on Martha anymore. From now on, let's never look at down on Martha as a person who chose wrongly. But there was actually a better way that she should have chose, which is Christ. Imagine this picture, thinking about it again. And this is kind of how I pictured to make sense of this particular event. The disciples sitting around the table, reclining, and Jesus is sitting there uh, talking to the disciples, sharing his, sharing um, truths about who God is. Everybody's listening and just soaking in, absorbing all this, this wonderful goodness. And then Mary's sitting there, and Martha's turning and things like this. And he says to her, Mary, um, Martha, Mary has chosen wisely after that, his response. What, she, what do you think she, and this is what comes to my mind, what do you think she, she did after that? It doesn't actually say. What do you think she did? She rebukes Jesus. Hey, why aren't you, why aren't you letting her help me, Jesus? And he's, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and you're troubled. You only need one thing. You really want one thing, and that has to be there with, with Mary. She's chosen wisely. And so she's like, man. Duh. What do you think she does after this? In my mind, in my thought, and it's not in scripture, so don't call me that. I think she puts down whatever she's doing. She takes the time because she, because Jesus wasn't there all the time, right? She had, she, this was a special day. Puts down whatever she had and sits on the ground at the feet of Jesus. But what about, what about the dishes? What about, what about you know, what about the di- dishes? What about the, the plates? What about the food? What about all these things? It can wait. All the things that we put before Jesus, those things can actually wait because they, we're in the presence of Christ, our Lord and Savior, the person who died on the cross for our sins to be taken away from us. We have at, gaining us access. That, that whole sacrifice on the cross, the death on the cross, taking of our sins away, gave us believers in him, access to him. And so, it doesn't matter what time of the day. It doesn't matter if it's morning, noon, at night, two o'clock in the morning. We can go to Jesus. We can pray to him. We can open his word and, and know more of him. Choose Jesus. Take the time to sit at his feet whenever you can, any possible way. Through prayer and meditation, we can pull ourselves from, away from the distractions of the day and allowing us to not be distracted and to focus on Christ. One of the things that I didn't mention earlier is that those distractions that caused Martha to, to not focus on Jesus, but to focus on all the other wonderful things that she had to do, what happened in her life? She got bitter. She got angry. Her, her outward focus on Jesus turned into inward regret in her serving. This is, she's doing something good, but it 
turn it to bad. There is no joy in her service. There's no joy in her work. So many of you out there who are, I love you guys for, for serving the church in whatever capacity you're doing. But if you forget, if you forget why you're doing it, it's not worth doing it at all. You forgot why you were doing it. And, and it reminds me of this one passage of Revelation. Revelation 2, and he speaks to the church in, in Ephesus. Revelation 2.24, and it says this. This church of Ephesus was a great church, for the most part, not really. But it was this big church. It was in the city of Ephesus, this big place. And he tells the church of Ephesus, I know, this is Jesus speaking to him, I know your works, your toil, and your patience, your endurance, and how you cannot bear those who are evil, but have tested those who have called themselves apostles and are not found to be good, but to actually be false. I know you are enduring and patient, bearing up for my namesake, and you have not grown tired or weary. He commends them for their works and their service. He commends them. But Jesus says, but I have this against you. You have abandoned your first love. Essentially, he's saying is like, yeah, you're doing all these wonderful things, and you're rebuking people, and you're doing all this. But, but you're not talking to me anymore. You stopped praying to me. You, you, you lost that love and feeling. <laughs> I know, Top Gun. You lost that love and feeling. You lost that zeal or that passion for me. Where did it go? Not that they stopped being believers, but their love, their first love, they were distracted by all the things that they did. So just a great reminder in the times that we are serving Christ and we should continue to be serving, always remember why. Why we are doing what we do. And it's for the love of Christ. Let me close our time with prayer before we go into the element time. Father, thank you again for just this lesson that we have. Thank you again for just reminding you. It's a very simple lesson that there are these two awesome women who, who love you and who sit by your feet and uh, are listening to your teachings, not worrying about cultural norms, about they shouldn't be there because they're women, but doesn't care. It's because they're doing what is right. Doing what is right. But we know that Mar Martha was distracted by the things of the world, like many of us are. I pray, Father God, that we would not lose sight, that you would continue us to remind us that we believe in you, God. We believe in you, Jesus. And the reason why we, I, I believe, the reason why, God, we come to church is to remind us of who we are in Christ, alive and free of our sins, that we are, because of the testimony of you in each of our lives, that my brothers and sisters here are reminding me of who I am by their character, by their actions, by their encouraging words. I reminded I am of Christ. I am a child of God. And I want to thank my brother and sister here today for reminding me of that. I pray, Father God, as we continue in our days. And I know that there's some people who are here who, who may not know you, may know you well. But they know you're, they have an inkling, they have a seed planted in them. Hey, what's with, what's with God? Why, why are we so passionate? Why are these people so passionate about you? I pray, Father God, that you would lead them to a closer relationship with you today. They would seek and they would find you and that you would embrace them as your children. 
created in your image. So Father God, I thank you again uh, for teaching me how to be more like Mary and Martha by being hospitable, by inviting you, Jesus, into our lives, to inviting you, Jesus, on a time that you can sit in my house, maybe, in my car, and that you would speak the truths of you, and I would sit there as your disciple, sitting, listening, and learning from the Master. So, Father, we thank you again for today's message and through your word. I thank you for everybody who's here. We pray this in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We would love to hear from you and help you take one step closer to Jesus. To contact us or for more information, please go to www.thewellsgv.org.